Well, again, it's very good to be with you, and nice to see the young people and children. I'm glad to be able to speak to you as well. We turn our Bibles to Acts chapter 13. Acts chapter 13, I'm going to read verses 1 to 5, and then a few verses over in chapter 14 as well. Acts chapter 13, I'm going to read verses 1 to 5. Now there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers, as Barnabas and Simeon that was called Niger, and Lucius of Cyrene and Menaean, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whence I have called them. And when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. So they, being sent forth by the Holy Ghost, departed unto Seleucia, and from thence they sailed to Cyprus. And when they were at Salamis, they preached the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews, and they had also John to their minister. And over in chapter 14, starting in verse 21. Chapter 14, verse 21, and reading to the end of the chapter. And when they had preached the gospel to that city, and had taught many, they returned again to Lystra, and to Iconium, and Antioch confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith and that we must through much tribulation enter into the kingdom of God. When they had ordained them elders in every church and prayed with fasting, they commended them to the Lord on whom they believed. And after they had passed through Pisidia, they came to Pamphylia. When they had preached the word in Perga, they went down into Italia and then sailed to Antioch from whence they had been recommended to the grace of God for the work which they fulfilled. When they were come, and had gathered the church together, they rehearsed all that God had done with them, and how he had opened the door of faith unto the Gentiles. And there they abode long time with the disciples. Amen. I ask the Lord to apply his word to our hearts. Let's come together in prayer. Gracious God and Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to open your word. We thank you that we have your inspired and perfect and sufficient word before us that we can read and hear and understand. We do pray that you would apply it to every heart. Help us to understand and to obey. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. While not every Christian is a missionary, every Christian should be involved in missionary work. That's very, very simply what I want us to consider in this service. I think it's important to understand both parts of that sentence. While not every Christian is a missionary, every Christian should be involved in missionary work. I want to clarify because maybe you've heard something, somebody say something different, so I want to be very clear. I say not every Christian is a missionary. Every Christian obviously is a witness. Every single Christian is called to evangelize. Every Christian is called to spread the gospel everywhere that they can, at home, at school, at work. That's all beyond doubt. But I think it's very necessary to be precise in the terms that we use. And the term missionary has been used historically to talk about someone who goes to witness for the Lord in another culture. Often it's another country, but not always, at least to another culture, to, to spread the gospel in another people group. And I think it's an important distinction because the danger of saying every Christian is a missionary, wherever you are, you're a missionary. And I understand what's behind that, and I think it's good to encourage people to witness everywhere they are. But the the danger of saying that everybody is a missionary is then that nobody wants to leave the comfort of their home and go out someplace and be a missionary. 
the missionary comes and gives a work and everybody says, well, I'm a missionary at home, so I can stay here. And you don't even consider the possibility that the Lord might call you to leave behind what is comfortable, what is normal here at home, and go someplace else. That's what I'm trying to get across when I say not every Christian is a missionary. At the same time, to avoid going to another extreme, I do want to be clear that a missionary is not some super-Christian. A missionary is not an incredible person just because he's left behind his home country and gone to another place to spread the gospel. A missionary, in some sense, is like everybody else. He's living out his Christian life. The family's living out their Christian life. Uh, the pastor is preaching the gospel just in another culture, probably in another language. But that doesn't mean that the missionary is someone special, a super-Christian, just because he's gone to another country. So not every Christian is a missionary, but every Christian is involved or should be involved in some way in missionary work. And we can see that principle in the two passages that we read today in Acts chapter 13 and chapter 14. You see two things. All Christians are to be involved in missionary work, and some Christians are involved, number one, in their own local church. Some Christians are involved in missionary work. They, they participate in missionary work in their own local church. We look back over to Acts chapter 13, verse 1. In Acts chapter 13 and verse 1, we read about the church that was at Antioch. And this is why I start talking about the local church. I think it's absolutely impossible to overemphasize the importance of the local church, local churches, in missionary work. Because missionaries go out normally to plant their own churches, to plant local churches, but I'm talking here about missionaries who stay at home and in their own local churches they're involved in missionary work. We see that here in, cha in chapter 13. It says, There were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers. There's Barnabas, Simeon that was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, and Manaean, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. It's important not to skip over that first verse. Because we often hear about Paul and Barnabas. They're the famous missionaries. And from Sunday school, we teach the kids about Paul and Barnabas and their missionary journeys. Everybody knows about Paul and Barnabas. How often do we think about the local church, the Antioch, that sent them out? I think rarely, but we should. Because we can see what this local church was like. We see in verse 1 that there were prophets and teachers. There was a whole list here of men, and I'm sure there were other people as well, that were actively participating in the local church. It wasn't just Paul and Barnabas. There were other men as well. There were men and women, I'm sure, who are ministering and active and participating in their local church. And from that active local church where people were ministering and working, the Lord called two men to go out and go elsewhere. But think about then the importance of the local church. How important is it to have an active local church where people are being taught, first of all? From the pulpit, in Sunday school, in youth fellowship, in, in different contexts, but a local church where people are being trained from a young age, and as adults as well, being taught the Word of God, so that the Lord could call someone to go out and serve Him someplace else. That starts in the local church. The training, the teaching begins here. Because it's not like someone is going to suddenly say, I'm going to be a missionary someplace else, and we send them out without having trained them and prepared them, without knowing that they understand the gospel, and they know how to share the gospel with other people. That starts in the local church. So everyone who's involved in teaching and helping the Sunday school in many different ways, preparing food for different activities, that, that's all part of missionary work in the local church. We pray that some who are listening and, and being trained here will go out as missionaries. Or if we look in, in verse 2, here in Acts chapter 13, 
we can see this local church also sent out missionaries. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. And when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. So this local church was a place where they were active, they were serving. It says that as they ministered to the Lord, they were sent out. It also was a church that was willing to send out men to the mission field. Why do I say willing? Well, do you think that the church at Antioch would have been very happy for Paul and Barnabas to have stayed there and ministered there? I'm sure they would have. Paul and Barnabas were very gifted. were filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm sure they were a great blessing to their local church. But when the Holy Ghost called them, the church didn't say, no, you need to stay here. What are we going to do without you? Who's going to lead the youth group? Who's going to lead the children? Who's going to do these things? They laid their hands on them. They prayed. They fasted. They sent them out. And that's the attitude a local church should have. A local church should be praying, as I said, Lord, raise up people and send them out and be willing for the best members of the local church to go someplace else. Now, that's hard because it's very understandable. As a pastor, I understand completely. We want those people to stay in their own local church because there's so much to do. We don't want to lose the people who are active in ministry in the local church. But sometimes the Lord calls people to go out and do that work somewhere else. And the local church should be excited about that, should be happy about that, should be encouraging that and supporting the sending out of missionaries. And that includes our children as well. I've got two little ones. And of course, the, the natural instinct is you want your kids to stay with you or close to you even when they grow up. It, it's hard when your kids grow up and then they go far away and you don't see them. Maybe you don't see your grandkids. And there's that desire that, no, no, stay home, don't go someplace else. But obviously we understand that as Christians, we want our children in the Lord's will, whatever that is. And we should be willing, we should be praying that the Lord would use our children in Christian service. And if that means that they serve him across the world someplace, we don't see them that often, well, that's for the Lord's glory. That could be the Lord's will. And so it's whether, whether it is a family in the church, a single person in the church, our own children, the young people, we're looking to be local churches that, that train up people and send them out. But not just sending out the missionaries, because maybe that's the easy part. Also, we see this church in Antioch supported their missionaries. They were active, they were ministering, they were sent out, and then they were supported as they were out. Well, how do we, how do we know that? If we turn over back to chapter 14, I think we see it implicitly here in this passage, because in chapter 14, verse 21, what we read already, is Paul and Barnabas at the end of this missionary journey. They're coming back. It says in verse 21, they return again to Lystra, to Iconium, and Antioch. Same in verse 26, they sailed to Antioch, from whence they had been recommended to the grace of God for the work which they fulfilled. So at the end of the missionary journey, they came back. And it says that they gave a report in verse 27, and verse 28, it says they abode long time with the disciples. Now think with me, what, do, what can we see from those verses? It doesn't say explicitly, but what do we understand? Obviously, Paul and Barnabas had been supported by their local church the whole time they were out, at least in prayer, if not in other ways as well. Because when they were done with this missionary journey, they went back. They went back to their home church. They went back to their spiritual family. They went back to the place where they knew that people had been supporting them and praying for them. It even says in verse 28, there they abode long time with the disciples. They were comfortable there. 
they stayed there for a time at the end of the missionary journey. Well, that tells me that very clearly this local church had not forgotten them after they sent them out. This local church was supporting them. This local church was behind them, remembering them, praying for them. That's also something every single Christian in this local church can do to be a part of the missionary work of the Lord. Every one of you who's a Christian here, you're involved in the local church, you're involved maybe in that sending out, but everybody, without a doubt, can be praying and supporting for the missionaries that have gone out, whether from this local church or from our denomination. And that's important. And you say, that's such a little thing. It's really not. The people who stay home and pray for the missionaries are just as important as the missionaries who go out. Just as important because the Lord uses prayer. We know that. So we're not on our own in Mexico City doing whatever in our own strength. We pray to the Lord and our church prays as well. But we know that we have the support of what, 60, 70 churches here and maybe 25 in North America. You imagine all those Christians who are praying for us. And so anytime people talk about what the Lord has done, but yes, what the Lord has done, he's doing it through the prayers of his people. And all of you are involved or can be involved in the work in Mexico City and all around the world through your prayers, maybe through your financial support, many different ways in which you can be involved in missionary work in your own local church. That's the first thing I wanted us to see from these passages. The first thing to encourage you, everybody's involved in missionary work. Some people are involved in their own local church. So I don't want anyone here to think they have nothing they can do. It's easy to think, well, I'm never going to cross the ocean and go someplace else. I, I can't. Maybe my age, my health, my family, work, whatever it may be, I, I can't do that. But you can be involved in your own local church. You can be part of this local body. You can be an example to the younger generation. And you can pray and you can support the missionaries who have gone out. And that is just as important as the missionaries who go out in the field. The second principle that we see from this passage is that some Christians are involved in missionary work as missionaries who go out on the field. That's obvious. We go back to chapter 13, again, verse 2. Look at the call of the Lord to Paul and Barnabas. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work wherein I have called them. And when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. And it tells us where they went. They went to Seleucia, to Cyprus, to Salamis, and they preached the word of God. We see a couple principles here. Number one, Paul and Barnabas were active in their local church before they went out. I already mentioned that, but I want to stress it. It says, as they ministered, they were called. So if the Lord is going to call people from this local church young people, older people, to go out and serve him someplace else, he is going to call people who are already actively involved in this local church. Because someone does not suddenly become passionate about evangelizing and passionate about spreading the gospel and preaching and all that's involved in church work when they cross the border into another country. They might say, well, I want to be a missionary to Africa. Well, that's great, but if you're not doing a work here for the Lord, if you're not participating and serving in some way in your own local church here at home, you're not going to do it in Africa either or any other place. There's not something special that happens when you become a missionary and cross the border into another country. The Lord calls those who are actively serving and ministering in their own local church. Those are the type of people he calls to go out and serve him elsewhere. We see also that Paul and Barnabas were called. It's not just simply that well, I think being a missionary would be interesting, it might be nice, I think I'll go do, th- go do that. You see here that the Holy Ghost specifically called Barnabas and Paul. 
And then the church called them because that was the part of laying the hands on them and praying and fasting. We talk about an internal call and an external call. It's very important. The missionary is called inwardly. He has the call of God to go out and serve the Lord in another place. But then he doesn't just go up and do that by himself. The local church, in our case the presbytery, also supervises, supervises the preparation of the missionary uh, and, and gives him the external call to go out and serve under supervision, which is, is biblical and so important as well. And then what does the missionary do when he goes out? It says here in verse 4, in verse 5, excuse me, in chapter 13, about Paul and Barnabas, when they were at Salamis, they preached the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews. Same thing over in chapter 14 and verse 21, when they had preached the gospel to that city. And Paul and Barnabas went out and they preached. They shared the gospel. Now maybe that's, maybe that's the most obvious thing that I could say and you're wondering why I'm even mentioning it. It's because today there is definitely a movement. There's a push in general evangelical circles to send people out to the foreign field, but it's a social gospel. It's an emphasis on social issues. It's an emphasis on clothing the poor and feeding the hungry and, and giving them an education. And please understand me, those things are good. And you go on the field and you see people in poverty and you want to help them. You do everything you can for them. But that is not the main reason we send out missionaries. Okay, unbelievers can go out and, and feed the hungry and clothe the poor. What unbelievers cannot do is go out and spread the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what the church calls a missionary to go out and do. And that is our main thing. That is the number one thing a missionary does is spread the gospel. Now, whether that's with children and women or in a church planting situation, but that is the reason we send out missionaries, not for the social aspect. That's the example here of Paul and Barnabas. That's the example in the Word of God to go out and preach to establish churches. If you're here in chapter 14, you see in verse 22 a little bit of what Paul and Barnabas' ministry was. Not just preaching, because it says as well that they came back and they were confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith and that we must, through much tribulation, enter into the kingdom of God. And when they had ordained them elders in every church and had prayed with fasting, they commended them to the Lord on whom they believed. That's what Paul and Barnabas were doing not just getting up and preaching, they were discipling. They were living among the people. They were getting to know the people. They were exhorting the people in their faith and teaching them, suffering alongside with them. They were establishing elders in every church. They weren't just preaching and leaving people behind. They were establishing a biblical church government before they left. All these things are principles and examples of what a missionary needs to be doing, and that's why we go out. And of course, we already saw in verses 26 to 28 that they came back. But look again with me at those verses, verses 26 to 28. And then sailed to Antioch, from whence they had been recommended to the grace of God for the work which they fulfilled. And when they were come and had gathered the church together, they rehearsed all that God had done with them, and how he had opened the door of faith unto the Gentiles. And there they abode long time with the disciples." The missionaries returned to the local church to report on what the Lord had done. That's again what a missionary does. Maybe every three, four years, and maybe every 14 years, as in our case, the missionary tries to get back to the local churches, to the home churches, and report on what the Lord has done. Why do we do that? Really, there's two reasons. It's to encourage the churches, it's to encourage you to either continue praying or, or to begin praying. It's, it's to encourage you to see what the Lord is doing in other parts of the world, because we get very shut in sometimes in our own little bubble, in our own 
city or, or country and just think about what the Lord is doing or seems like sometimes not doing where we live. And we forget that the Lord is doing a work in His church all across the world and people are being saved and added to the church and the family of God is growing and, and that group of people that will be in heaven one day with us is, is from every tribe and every tongue and every nation. And so we give a report of the work in Mexico City is to encourage you because they're your brothers and sisters in Christ too. Even though you probably never meet. To be encouraged what the Lord is doing. But also the missionary comes back to give a report and it encourages the missionary family as well. And really it is encouraging because we, we have a church family in Mexico. We, we're very happy there. And, but it is good. It has been very encouraging to us to be able to come and present the work and talk to people. And hear people say that they have been praying for us or that they will be praying for us. To, to have people express their joy of what the Lord is doing in Mexico. And that is specifically our emphasis, what the Lord is doing. So if you're looking down in, in, in verse 27 here of chapter 14, we can see the emphasis that Paul and Barnabas gave. It says, And when they were come and had gathered the church together, they rehearsed all that God had done with them, and how he had opened the door of faith unto the Gentiles. And it really is striking to me that emphasis, because Paul and Barnabas could very easily have come back to the church in Antioch and, and boasted about what they had done, because it doesn't impact us these days as it would have in that time, but the door of faith had been opened to the Gentiles. Do we understand how miraculous that was? The gospel was going to the Gentiles, not just the Jews. It was a huge thing. In Acts chapter 15, you see the conflict that came out of that. But Paul and Barnabas could have easily come back and said, look what we've done among the Gentiles. We've done an amazing work. Gentiles are being saved. This has never happened in this way in all of history. But they didn't do that because they knew very well that it wasn't through their strength, they came back and they reported on what God had done and how God had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. I think that's very importantly what a missionary needs to do when he comes back and reports. You watch the video or, or not, and you look at what the Lord has done, we, we don't want the focus to be on, wow, look at what this missionary family has done in these years, because that's not the focus. It's what the Lord has done. And he's used us, but he's used his people all, all over the world who have been praying for us as well. And so don't focus on us and the work in Mexico City. Focus on what the Lord has done and pray that the Lord will continue to do those things. So what is your involvement, Christian, in the missionary work of the Lord? If you're here in this local church, you heard the message, how can you be involved? But I said every Christian, and I want to stop there for just a moment because if someone here has not yet received the salvation that God gives only by His grace. Well, how can you be involved in missionary work? You really don't have a part in that. You really, you have nothing to share, you have nothing to do, because you're not yet a child of God. That's the first thing. And really, before we go on to any more application, I want everyone here to stop and think. Because this is most, the most important thing. Do you know the true God? Have you been saved by the blood of Jesus Christ, by the grace of God from your sins? Are you depending on your good works to save you? Are you depending on your church attendance to save you? Are you depending on whatever it might be or only on the gospel of Jesus Christ? And I ask for you, I plead with you not to assume, because there are a lot of children here, and I'm very thankful for that, a lot of young people here. And it's encouraging because you're growing up in Christian homes, in a Christian church, and you hear the gospel constantly. You hear Bible stories all the time, and that's good. 
But being in a Christian family does not mean that you're saved. And coming to this church and attending Sunday school does not mean you're saved. Or an adult as well, just being here 50 years does not mean that you're saved. Attendance in this church will not save you. Knowing Bible stories will not save you. Have you been saved, personally saved by the Lord Jesus Christ? I want you all to think about that, because that's the first thing. Children, young people, or adults. But then, once we understand that, every Christian, every child of God here in this local church has a part in missionary work. There's something that you can do. You can be involved in your own local church here. As I mentioned, teaching, encouraging, praying for the people in the church. The Lord might send someone out. Supporting missionaries who have gone out on the field. Your work is important. And I do want to emphasize that because there's a real balance, I think, to strike in this type of message. I do want everyone who's a part of this local church to leave here today encouraged. I want you to be encouraged that you are an essential part in what the Lord is doing all across the world. But the second part of the application is, I don't want you to be that comfortable. (laughs) Because I do want the Lord to work in His will. To continue to call missionaries. The Lord still is calling men and women, and young people and boys and girls, to be missionaries. And what I don't want is for everyone here to feel so comfortable in your own local church that you don't even consider the possibility that the Lord might call you to go someplace else. And I mention young people and children, and I do that on purpose, and I, I want to speak to the children specifically here. Uh, you heard my wife's testimony. The Lord called me to be a missionary. The Lord first gave me a desire to be a missionary, and in Mexico specifically, when I was seven years old in the Sunday school of my church. And so you are not too young to think about how the Lord can use you in the future, especially seeing the older young people here as well, especially you. Don't get trapped by the temptation that's so common in the world today that you're supposed to get a good education so you can make good money, so you can live comfortably, so you can travel the world. And Those things are temporal. Those things will not last. They're attractive, I understand that. Everybody around you is, is pushing for that. My young people, would you not consider the call of God as a full-time ministry? Would you not consider serving the Lord full-time on the mission field? The Lord is still calling people. We, we need missionaries still all over the world. There's still a great work to do. The harvest is still plenteous, and the laborers are still very few. So whether you're a child, young person, or an adult, the Lord can call you. And all I ask is that that you would be open to the leading of the Lord through His Word in this service, in your time of prayer during the week. Ask the Lord what He would have you to do. To be an active part here in your local church. Or maybe to go out on the mission field. And we can end encouraged because if we go back to chapter 14, verse 26, we can see the importance of trusting God's sovereignty for success in the work. If it says in verse 26 that they sailed to Antioch from whence they had been recommended to the grace of God for the work which they fulfilled. Paul and Barnabas fulfilled the work the Lord had given them to do in that first missionary journey. And so we can trust that the Lord continues to do that. The Lord is sovereign. And for His glory, He continues to give spiritual success. The Lord always gives spiritual success in His own time. So let's all be involved in missionary work, whether at home, participating in your local church, or going out as a missionary on the foreign field. 
Let's all be involved in missionary work for the glory of the Lord. Let's pray. Our gracious God and Heavenly Father, we do thank you for your word. We thank you for these passages that give us these principles. Lord, we pray that you would apply them to our hearts. Not only you can see the heart, only you know exactly how you want to work in each person here. We do pray, first of all, that you would save the unbeliever, or save the children here, save the young people, save adults who do not yet know you, who are still trusting in their own works for their salvation who are rejecting the good news of the gospel for different reasons, Lord, save them in this church. I pray that you would rescue them from their sins. And Lord, from the Christians that are part of this congregation, this local church, Lord, help everyone to be involved in missionary work. Lord, help this to be an active local church. I pray that you bless those who teach, bless those who encourage, bless those who pray. And that you would raise up, Lord, from this place, missionaries to go out. That you would strengthen the work. That you would strengthen the minister. That you would strengthen every service when the word is preached. Lord, do your work here in this local church. For your glory. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.